Another episode of the Overlap, and I'm here with Rian, but a special guest today has joined us as well. Uh, Jay, welcome to the Overlap. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem, man. You know, long time listener, first time caller. Glad to be Absolutely. here. Absolutely. We love having guests on, talk a little bit of European football. So, uh, Rian, what do you, uh, what do you want to talk about today with Jay? Um, well, we've got a big match coming up this weekend. We've got Arsenal and Liverpool, another top six challenge here. It seems like the Premier League's trying to put at least one of these on for at least the first couple weeks, um, just to make sure that people are watching, basically. Um, yeah, so I guess we can start off today. Um, Jay's been talking a lot this summer about how much different the uh, about how much different Arsenal have been this summer. And I guess we just want to talk first. Jay, can you explain why this summer transfer window has been so different than others in the past? No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look, like, the last summer window aside, because that one was already when you can see, you know, some of the ambitions start with our signings of, like, Gantuzzi, Torreira, like, even if they they were cheap, um, it was still these players, you know, demonstrated like actually some sort of quality in their respective leagues and weren't just panic buys but but looking even before that you know, during the Wenger era as much as I love Wenger a lot of our buys were either you know very frugal they didn't keep up with the demands of the current transfer market which are higher than ever now and a lot of our purchases ended up being kind of panic buys because we didn't pick up a player during the actual transfer window and then we either picked one up to kind of cover uh, any sort of empty death that we had, like at the very end of the transfer window, or like you know somewhere in January, you know buys like Lucas Perez, who we used maybe like five times, <laughs> or you know someone like Suarez, who literally didn't play at all. Uh, also, it might have been due to injury, but you know that's besides the fact. But then you're looking at this summer window, and I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, Josh Kroenke or Kroenke, I don't know how to say their name to be honest, but jo- Josh Kroenke. You know, Stan's son, the, the Stan is the owner of Arsenal, uh, the majority stakeholder now. And Josh is uh, basically managing Arsenal for him. Uh, but he recently came out with an interview in BBC uh, that basically discussed why this transfer window was different. He said that when literally in the second half of the Europa League final, <laughs> uh, as that game unfolded, you know, they already had a plan and they had their targets going into the summer. But during that second half is when they, like, sat down and said, like, this summer is going to be different. Uh, like, we are going to aggressively pursue our targets because Arsenal has, you know, fallen down in, uh, you know, their level of importance and the level of football that they've been playing based on, you know, their history. And this is a, and, and it's because of how frugal we were over the summer and we weren't picking up the players that we needed. And this summer um, is when we, you know, with a different backroom staff, different director of football, different technical director, um, we were going to go out and be extremely aggressive. And that's exactly what we did. Even with our alleged 45, you know, pound budget, um, which was all the talk after the Europa League final. Wow. The Daily Mail is wrong. If you listen to his interview, um, we, 
the targets that we had in mind, these are targets that we didn't need to sell players to make the funds. Like Raul, uh, Raul, um, Senlehi, our new director of football who came from Barcelona, you know, Edu, our new technical director, uh, Vinay, who was promoted to managing director. They went out searching for the players that, you know, already on our shortlist with our funds already there. You know, we didn't need to sell, you didn't need to sell players to make up that money. So that 45 million pound figure definitely wasn't accurate. <laughs> uh, not sure where they took the money from. Either, you know, Josh has asked if Stan made a you know, personal investment to Arsenal, which is something that we have never seen in the past. Arsenal is the you know, one top six team whose owner hasn't made any sort of investment um, back into the team, uh, especially into you know, helping the transfer budget. Uh, but Josh wouldn't say exactly where the money came from. Um, and he wouldn't even say what exactly the budget was, just that we, you know, had the money going in. But I, I mean, obviously it wasn't large just because based on the contracts, um, that we struck with the clubs when we bought these players, it, you know, they were set up so we made payments over the next three to five years instead of one lump sum. Uh, I mean, most, most clubs do that now. Um, I, if you look at, you know, probably every, every major buy in the past several years, every contract structured that way. Um, but, Amazingly enough, with you know the publicity around our small transfer budget, teams were willing to still you know come to the agreement with agreement with us, knowing that we will be able to pay them back within those years. You know we were able to buy Pepe for you know upwards of eighty million pounds, paying only twenty million now. Um, like yeah, Saliba deal was structured the same, like very similar way. Um, you know, I would say the difference is that we were just much more aggressive and we knew exactly what we wanted and we didn't have to wait um, to have different confirmations come from different sources uh, as the structure was beforehand. Yeah, no, I thought it was, I mean, it was interesting. Um, they really were more, I guess, clinical is the word I would use in terms of their transfer targets this year. Um, even though I have, I have said uh, it, it seemed pretty one-sided in terms of on the attacking end, but you know, I, I think there's a lot of potential in that front three, which brings me to my next question for you, which kind of loop into two of them. What are your like first thoughts on Pepe and what generally has been most encouraging to you for this Arsenal season? Yeah. Okay. I mean, our, our transfers were mostly on the attacking end. Okay. <laughs> we picked up Tierney. We, we picked up Saliba. Who's, he's, he's an attacking know, fullback. Tierney is an attacking fullback though. Okay, yeah, he's coming next season, but any club that bought him was going to get him next season regardless. It wasn't like they structured it specifically for us. And to get a young, promising center back for £27 million, paying only, I think, £10 million now is honestly the deal of the century. I mean, that's what Big Dick Raul gets you. <laughs> like, that man literally, you know, went above and beyond the summer. And I don't know, been some clubs get some clubs over the barrel to get what he wanted. Right? Yeah. All right, um, all right. No, <laughs> What's well, been most encouraging, I mean, though? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, looking, you know, the first two games, um, and, you know, Pepe's still getting used to the team. Um, you can kind of see that. I mean, he, he hasn't started. He, he's been subbed in. Um, I mean, like, look, he has great technical ability, like incredible tech. You can see that from the nutbag ending Ashley Barnes' life this past weekend. Um, you know, he has incredible speed, incredible positioning. I think he's just still getting used to 
uh, you know, playing with Obama and Lacazette, kind of getting used to their runs, you know, how they move on the pitch. You, you can also see that in in this last week's Burnley game. Um, like, prime example is his, like, very short pass to Obama in the second half um, when it was basically kind of, like, should have been 100% a goal um, if, you know, he's got, if he had more, you know, if he had the chemistry and she's just more used to, you know, knowing where Obamaing was going to be. But, you know, the time will come. The time will come. I mean, he's, he's an incredible player. He's 22 goals, 11 assists last season. Um, you know, personally won six penalties, which is going to be huge for VAR, especially through his speed. Um, Players, players on the wing are going to struggle with it. Yeah, <laughs> like I totally, I agree. I agree. A field, like are going to have a field day against him. Like he's going to, and in in the worst sense. <laughs> like yeah. Will, but look, I mean, first two games. I think, I hope, I want to see him start against Liverpool. So I don't know. We'll see. He might well, be right my, my my point actually, you kind of you kind of touched on the his strength there. I think one of the things that he not necessarily struggles too much with, but I think one of his weaker points is his first touch, and especially his first touch when he's facing his own goal, uh, like turning around and being able to distribute to a midfielder to progress the play forward. So I guess my question is, what are you most concerned about with maybe his signing or the team as a whole, like, for example, we've seen Mkhitaryan's performances in the last couple of games be anything but the level of what Arsenal would expect. So what are you most concerned about going into the season of this weekend? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not concerned about Pepe at all. Like, even if he, if he, plays, if he plays this upcoming weekend, um, you know, and it isn't, like, incredibly flashy or doesn't, doesn't score or anything, like, I know whatever, like, he's going to play a good shift. He's done that the past two games. And it's just, he's getting used to a you know, more intense league um, and just getting used to playing with the other top two. Um, so I'm not concerned with him at all. Like, I know his time will come, and it's going to come very soon, if not this weekend. It could be. Like, I don't know how training is going with him, but I, he will. I can see him adjusting very fast. Uh, I mean, in general, like, overall concern, obviously the defense, like, we still have Bellerin holding out. Um, and anytime Mustafi starts is always a concern. Uh, <laughs> it's a prayer. It's a prayer, thankfully, really. <laughs> thankfully, Emery does not rate Mustafi at all and is actively trying to sell him or, you know, loan with praying an option, like, not even just an option to buy, but an obligation to buy. Um, Rome has been interested, but we'll see. I mean, like, uh, our left back position, you know, Tierney's still injured. He should be back in probably around six weeks. Uh, you know, Monreal, the man, he, he is, he is La Cabra, as they call him, but, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely reached his limit. He's losing his athleticism. Um, you can see even from last season, like, when he started, he just doesn't have the speed that he used to have. Um, which is, I mean, he's, he's done an incredible job these past two games, but I don't know how long it's going to hold up. And Kolasinac, as much as I also love that man, uh, he's an absolute tank. He just doesn't have the defensive ability that we need or, or, or even the speed that we need at left back. So, you know, once Tierney comes back, I won't be concerned. Once Bellerin comes back, I mean, Maitland-Niles has been playing incredibly well as right back. Yeah, he's no, I, yeah, not really. Playing his position, his natural position. Um, he's being... I mean, he's played at right back last season. You know, wasn't 
wasn't the best. I think he was still adjusting to playing like playing that deep and also on the wing. This is this is not where he plays. Uh, but he's done an incredible job, an incredible job over the season. Like he has, he played so well against Burnley. Um, he played relatively well against Newcastle. Uh, I think the team as a whole didn't didn't do their best. Newcastle. I mean, Mkhitaryan is just like awful. Uh, <laughs> he played terribly against Newcastle. Disrupted the flow of attack. Just terrible shots. Terrible decision making all around. Uh, I mean, yeah. It, uh, the thing is, like, old, it's I don't know. I don't know how good it is that the that like a nineteen year old. As, as good as it is to see Reese Nelson play well, I don't know how good it is that 19-year-old Reese Nelson and, like, 20-year-old Joe Will, Joe Willock look just as good as Henrik Mkhitaryan right now. Oh, Joe Willock <laughs> is, like, the brightest, like, I, he was not, like, he's not, he's, like, past two seasons, like, he has not been good, like, out of, you know, Willock Nelson, Jeffrey Adelaide, you know, uh, Maitland Niles, um, else, like, even, like, Amici, who we sold this summer, you know, out of these like youth players that have like sparingly played for our our first team, like Willock has been like even even Chuba Akpon, when we sold to uh, the like uh, the Greek. I forget I can't even pronounce that Greek team if I tried. But you know the main Greek, the main yeah. team in Greece, like Willock was Olympiacos? not rated. Yeah, Olympia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, Olympiacos are the one that starts with P. I, I, I totally forget. But um, like it doesn't matter. It, it, it's just the fact that. Willock is not rated like as highly as as a majority of the names I just listed, and he has come in this season and absolutely bossed it. I mean, like even even last season, he wasn't. I don't know, like bringing Lungborn as you know in a youth as the youth um, as helping with the youth with with the youth system on the U twenty three team, like. He, he, I mean, Willock talked about how he views, how, like, all the work that he's done with him, uh, how he views him as a mentor. Like, Willock has come in and just, like, uh, he's like, I've like, absolutely killed it, like, in the preseason and, and these past two games with his part, especially his partnership with Ceballos in this past Newcastle game was just incredible. Um, and, like, if we're going to talk about one, if we're going to talk about the highlights of the season so far, what I'm looking forward to the most is just Ceballos in midfield. And honestly, if a Ceballos Willock partnership works as dynamically as it did against Newcastle, um, I mean, I mean, like top four is in the back. Like, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, 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 I agree to. I, I agree to. I think. I honestly, I think the defense is an easy thing to pick out. Um, my, I don't even know if I want to call it a worry because maybe it's just kind of an embarrassment of riches, but. Um, with so many good attacking players, I just wonder about the balance of the midfield a little bit. And Guendouzi started really well, so if he oh Guendouzi has been incredible. Yeah, he if is, he can I keep mean, it up, those, that that three in the midfield against Newcastle is what the way they played is like is like shades of what we've been missing. I mean, like yeah, Guendouzi and Willock are still young, and like they still have. I mean they. They have like such high growth in the next, such high growth potential in the, next, yeah. in the upcoming years. But they were, they are incredibly confident on the ball. Um, they did not have, they like very, very few lapses of judgment, which is what, you know, someone like Jaka like plays well. Like he, 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 he can, like he can, he can shut down attacking players, but he just has these lapses of judgment that cost us dearly. I mean, the same thing with Mustafi, but like that's a whole other situation. <laughs> Well, like someone like Enthusi, like Enthusi who played deep, who, who played a, who played a slightly deeper role 
um, with, with Newcastle. Um, and then, you know, Willock and Ceballos, uh, almost kind of interchanged how, how they, you know, one went forward, one went back. Ceballos will come back in the first half until Emery slightly adjusts the position. The, uh, the kind of formation once Pepe came in, pushing Ceballos and Willock forward a little bit more and getting Doozy back. I mean, Gendouzi just has the confidence and can quickly distribute the ball and not hold it, uh, not hold it too long. And and when he does hold it, he doesn't crack under the pressure, which is something that we've seen in these past few games. And that's something that he can maintain, um, not give up the ball or kind of just have a lapse when when he's pressed heavily and distributed just as well as he's been doing. I mean, like it's I don't I can't see I can't see Yaka. Just, I can't see a reason why Jaka should start too many games if that's the case. Right. Yeah. yeah. Unless 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 he's officially made captain, which hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So so I think, and also you still have Torreira to come back. I think that I think the three, if if Gunduzi keeps going and I don't want to overreact too much to the first couple of games because I think Newcastle are probably <laughs> going to get relegated. Um, but Burnley, Burnley's definitely created some chances. Um, so Burnley's a better team than, than Newcastle easily. But, um, I think that, I think that three could be pretty solid. Um, as long as, you know, they keep consistent. So, um, moving on to this weekend though, like I said, we've got a big match against Liverpool and, I don't know. For this is for. I'll hand this one to you, Elias. How worried should we be about uh, Liverpool's defense after the first couple games? Well, I'm. I know the last two games uh, they started off the season with they haven't been. Let's say that it, it hasn't been the shades of last season's defensive force. Right, the same players are still there, but it seems as though their defensive structure has somewhat suffered lapses a little bit. Um, I think this past weekend, um, I genuinely actually think Van Dyke himself specifically had a good game. Um, I think he covered well. I think he tracked well. Yeah, oh, right. And it's it, the best, it's best center back in the world. Okay, that's not what I was trying to make a point on, but uh, I'm not even going to go into that. Um, but my point is, I, I don't. I don't think there's too much to worry about yet because we are only two games into the season. Granted, they did have a full preseason. They did have time to prepare. But at the same time, with an attacking force of Pepe, Aubameyang, Lacazette, this is going to be a huge test for Liverpool's defense. Right? It's not like the opposition they pay, they faced uh, the last two weekends. And Bro, how dare you disrespect Pookie? How dare you disrespect Pookie like that? I'm I'm so sorry, but I'm going to. I I just have to because I I genuinely think that this might be. I, one I of those appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, um, it might be one of those games based on form where Liverpool either step up immensely against this Arsenal side, or they start to show some cracks that they did not show last season. Um, and a part of me believes that just based based on the last two performances that it's going to be more of the latter. And I think they could actually suffer a little bit. Regardless of the fact that this game's at Anfield, I do think that they start to show signs of weakness in their defensive structure. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think um, I think we're seeing... You said, yeah, Van Dyke hasn't quite been the exact same guy. Um, I think he's covering a lot for the blemishes of the other side of um, that back line. Um, 
Well, I, it's almost like Messi deserves the Ballon d'Or over him. Sorry, but continue. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, like I said, I think he has to cover a lot for that second center back. They haven't figured out whether it's going to be Matip or Gomez. They've used two different guys in each of them, and that's where the cracks are showing up right. a little bit, especially when you have Alexander-Arnold who pushes up and leaves some space in between him and that other, that uh, right-sided center back. And, you know, when the guy's not as good as Van Dyke, you really need those midfield players to get back. And for the most part, that, that was the great part about them last season. But it seems like, I, at least I've thought that Milner's looked a little off the pace in the first few weeks. But he is 33, so you couldn't expect him to uh, do that much better. Um, but it also doesn't help when behind them they've got a new keeper, um, Adrian, who's looked hilarious. It, it is it is literally a law of physics that Liverpool's backup keeper must always be extremely questionable. So, Jay, how 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 many points? Let, let, let's say that Adrian plays for the next five to six weeks. How, how many points realistically do we think that uh, Adrian costs him? I'll, I'll hand it to Jay first. I don't, I really, dude, I don't think Adrian's that bad. <laughs> and honestly, it's way better than their third string keeper who just came from fucking Rochdale. Sorry if <laughs> cursing isn't allowed on this podcast, but <laughs> I know I can't remember. We'll, we'll bleep that in post, in post production. Right? I don't know if this is a rated R, but, uh, <laughs> dude, their, their third string keeper, like, look up, oh, look up his highlights on YouTube. Or, I say highlights. Like that's highlights are an exaggeration of, as to what this guy can produce. So just they should be praying to, to whatever they believe in that Adrian did not get did not get seriously injured <laughs> uh, when he in I think it was that either the first game or the, the last preseason game. Yeah, I I, uh, it, I feel like he's gonna maybe end up costing them win one game. I don't yeah, think, I don't think I agree. I actually don't, I don't think he's that horrible. I think he's funny <laughs> whenever the ball goes to him because he's just <laughs> not as good as Allison on the ball. But uh, I, I think, you know, questionable foot skills and his propensity to rush out at bad times like he did in the Super Cup when he gave up the penalty, you know, that could cost him a game. What, what do you think, Elias? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe I, it'll cost I don't know, but Liverpool. Has, I don't know. Liverpool scores a lot of goals. He might concede. I don't know if he'll actually cost them points, <laughs> but he will definitely cost them a couple goals. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually with you on that. I don't think it'll be too many points because I mean, Rian, we talked about this last weekend, right? About the whole idea of, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago. The whole point of this entire game is that you score more goals than the opposition, and, and if you do, you get three points. And I think Liverpool. Between any of the top three sides in England are probably the most capable team of doing that um, yeah. right now. Not against Arsenal's, not against Arsenal's defense, but like in general, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 of course. Right. Of course. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so with with that, <laughs> with that, let's let's get our predictions for this match. Uh, Jay, I'm going to go to you first as our guest. Yeah, for sure. I mean. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game on both sides. Um, I don't think Liverpool's. Uh, I mean, it is. It is at Anfield. It is, a, it is their biggest game. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, <laughs> as an Arsenal fan, you can be I as biased as you want. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, 
think five zero. It's gonna be like three two. I think it's gonna be either three two. I think it's gonna be three two. Pretty high scoring. If not, it's gonna be two one. Arsenal, obviously. All right, Elias. Interesting. How about you? I, I, I would say three two. I'll say three two Arsenal. Okay, Elias. I don't think the defense will recover. I don't think the defense will recover. Uh, you know their mentality after the first two games. I think it's gonna take uh, a couple more games to adjust. I think that maybe by mid September, like they'll they'll be down to, like solid, like. Like, they're already, like, they're not bad by any means, but, like, yeah, they do have, like, lapses in judgment. But, yeah. um, if Arsenal, you know, play with the same confidence, um, the same creativity, the same, you know, unwillingness to, to actually drive forward and, and take on players and, you know, make key passes instead of just passing back into the side, like, I, I just, I can't see, I can't see Liverpool's current defensive form, you know, um, not allowing some goals to fall in, especially with Adrian as a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, I'm going to agree with most of what Jay said, just on points uh, in general, um, with the caveat that I saw Barcelona go there and lose 4-0, so I'm petrified of Anfield <laughs> forever. Um, so I'm Anfield's go... not an easy stadium to play at in whatsoever. Like, yeah. whatsoever. It's not. It's not. And and not solely for that reason, but for the multitude of reasons that you mentioned, with the caveat that it is Anfield, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. I do agree that it's going to be a high-scoring game, and I do think that Liverpool's front line is capable of scoring um, against whatever is left of your defense. Um, but the same okay, time, I mean, that's not... Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. You, 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 no, like, us, us, no, like, like, yeah, I mean, the, the left, you know, but that, that's um, not the point. Might be, my point might be my two, like our center backs, like soccer dudes is, is, is extremely experienced. He was the highlight of our defense after holding got injured last season. He's played well these past two games. David Luiz, like as much of a, of a clown as he is, like also yeah. once again has the experience and um, what, what comes with him is like his ability to play long balls, especially to Aubameyang. Um, who, if you know Liverpool plays a higher line, that's something that um, can be. I'm losing the word here, but can be you know can work extremely to our favor. Um, you know he's already he's just he's kind of demonstrated shades of that during Newcastle, although only you know one of the three long balls he played are actually accurate. <laughs> uh, oh, not Newcastle, sorry, Burnley. Yeah. Um, no, I think we'll uh, see. I no, think no, I, I I think honestly the. The it's not as bad. It's not uh, it's not quite as bad as I think. Louise helps a lot just because of his experience and whatnot, and I think that's kind of what he can't push up. He can't push up as he yeah yeah. So Elias, you're going with a a two two draw, correct? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two two. I'm gonna play it a little more conservative. Um, but I I think I would not be surprised to see Liverpool squeak out a win just because it's it's Anfield. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give Arsenal's attacking line the benefit of the doubt. I say they they definitely bag a couple goals. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna also go for the say I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna also say two two. Um, I I love I love David Luiz more than the next guy. Not not as much. Definitely more. Uh, 
And I think, um, (laughs) uh, but you know, it's, I'm, he's not great in a back four. Um, so I can't totally trust him. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to say a draw, but I think you guys score enough goals. I think we could get two, two or three, three, honestly. I I really genuinely, I I genuinely believe that the three of Pepe, um, Lacazette and Obama Yang are also, are Really, really close in quality, at, at, um, maybe as good in quality as Liverpool's front three. I think the question is who's going to be the three of them to sacrifice a little bit and become a bit of a bit more of a provider. You know, like we see with Firmino and those Liverpool wingers, like Eliasol with Messi um, when Neymar and, Sa- and Suarez were together the season they won Pepe. the Champions I mean, League. I can tell you that right now. It's going to be Pepe to be the more of the provider. I mean, he had eleven assists last season. Uh, you know, he's playing on the wing now, where which is like his his favorite position. Um, uh, Yang is gonna probably if you look at Emery's position, like his formation change after Pepe came in. Um, you know, Aubameyang came less from Aubameyang was less playing on the wing and more playing you know on the left, but he's cutting in uh, with Lacazette pushed up uh, a little higher. Yeah. Um, I think that's 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 his position. It's gonna be like a dynamic, a very dynamic four-three-three. Uh, yeah, I have high hopes for that front three. Um, so we we only got a few more minutes here before Jay has a uh, has a very important call. So Jay, I'm gonna let you shoot off your. Uh, we 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 were gonna talk a little bit about the English Championship, but I think we'll uh, we'll save that for the international break when we have a few more English Championship games, and I can have Jay's wax lyrical about. Uh, Stokes impending relegation. Um, <laughs> what? Are, what? Are, quickly, Jay. What are your predictions for the Arsenal season? Uh, Premier League, Europa League, domestic cups. Okay, I mean, you know, bias, biasly, of course, you win everything. Un- unbiasedly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, unbiasedly, I think we have a really good chance in Europa League, um, and I think I think we have to win that after. You yeah. know, our lackluster, <laughs> for lack of a better term, <laughs> lackluster performance in the final last season. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's something that we kind of have to redeem ourselves at. Um, and honestly, a European trophy in the cabinet wouldn't be the worst thing. Um, in terms of the Premier League, I, I think it's going to be an easy top four. I mean, I don't even think Chelsea will make the top six. <laughs> wow. Oof, oof. Uh, I'm not going to completely Man, think, argue against that either. <laughs> I think Man U, uh, you know, Han Cole, they're just, they will maybe make fifth. Um, I think it's going to be, I think Man City is going to win it, Liverpool second, Arsenal third. Uh, yeah. <laughs> above Spurs, above Spurs, uh, of course, of course. Uh, Arsenal, clearly uh, above Spurs. Wolves, Wolves fourth. Uh, what? Chelsea, yeah, sure. I, I'll give Chelsea six. Uh, yeah, Everton, you know, pool seven, Leicester yeah. eight. Yeah, I can. Um, yeah, I can see Sutton. I can, I can see, I can see I Sutton. To, you know, if I had to talk about Spurs. I think they'd probably get relegated. <laughs> in, in my unbiased That's opinion, unbiased. obviously unbiased. <laughs> uh, well, no, I guess realistically, Spurs will probably finish fourth. Yeah, yeah that's right. But, All right. Well, um, well, domestic cups. 
Uh, I mean, that can go either way. You know, the magic of the the magic of the FA Cup. Yeah. <laughs> People talk about it. I've seen it with my own eyes. <laughs> and, and you know, the Carabao Cup or what's going to be called the what is it, Leasing dot com Cup? Yeah. Maybe not this season, but coming up. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, trophy's nice. I'm fine with anyone but Spurs winning it. So. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Jay, thank you for coming on. Dude, I, I completely, I totally agree, especially in the Europa League. I think like last season where Chelsea went in as a real disappointment, but they were obviously like the, one of the most talented teams, like two, three most talented teams. I think Arsenal is probably the most talented team in the Europa League this season, and they should Absolutely. win it. They should win it. So um, thanks again for coming on, Jay. We hope to have you on in the future, especially to get your thoughts on the championship season. Glad to be on, yeah. I'm, yep. uh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> hopefully, Cardiff City improves by then. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Stoke doesn't. <laughs> All right, well, Jeez. thanks again, Jay. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Have a, have a good one, guys. Take care.